Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, you'll be hearing about a Chinese man who teaches a course in how to dominate women, but preyed on the men who signed up for the course, blackmailing them into paying him more money. The legendary Aussie ladder man who was arrested for stealing a ladder and went on to give one of the most ridiculous and tangential police interviews ever recorded. And more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. A Hong Kong influencer who claims to be able to teach men how to pick up and dominate girls was arrested by customs officers in April this year for violating the Trades Description Ordinance. Not the TDO. Uh Uh-oh. The 32-year-old man is said to be named Chow Kin Hei, but he goes by like 84 different aliases, including Professor Devil, The Ghost King, Ray... And Leslie. Ooh, dominate me harder, Leslie. He operates a sad little YouTube channel called Badass Academy. When I hear Badass Academy, it makes me think of an American sexploitation film from the 1970s about some sexy, wayward young ladies doing sexy, wayward young lady things at a girls' reformatory. His content can't help but be disappointing in relation to that. And disappointing it sure is. There's only three videos on it and they're not in English, so I didn't learn how to pick up girls and dominate them. Sad. The videos are just of him talking at two different guys separately in a bakery cafe. A lot of his training seems to consist of him going out on coffee dates with men who are lacking in confidence with the ladies and banging on at them about how to dominate women. There's not a woman in sight in any of the videos, though, but maybe he's already dominated them so hard they're on the floor out of view in a puddle of dominance. Or maybe they just avoid him like the one-person plague that he is. His original YouTube channel was banned earlier this year, which Leslie claimed was caused by women's rights activists reporting him for advocating polygamy. Ooh, those women's rights activists are such buzzkills, aren't they? Always trying to ruin the fun by wanting women to have rights? Ugh! I strongly doubt they'd give a flying fuck about this little douchebag advocating polygamy, though. I doubt he even understands the concept. 
From what I've learned about him, it seems unlikely he could get one girlfriend, let alone multiple women who want to be sexually involved with him. He gives off a strong odour of piss-weak incel. According to media reports, in his videos he likes to criticise men for doing things like holding their date's handbag or paying for their meals instead of dominating them. He also has a Patreon account where for the low, low price of $150 a month US or $9,800 a year US, he will teach you, and I quote, his unique way of controlling women's heart. Multiple women, just the one heart. I love it. The page is written in traditional Chinese and it's not well translated by Google, but that just adds to the absurdity of what this guy claims to be doing. According to his Patreon, every Hong Kong male must learn to use this technique because it is the key elements that determine the success and failure of your life's emotional path. Girl is one of the major questions in the life of a man. More than any other professional knowledge in the market, it can determine whether you can achieve a happy and fulfilling life and emotional achievements. Ghost King's Female Control help you capture the heart of the female girl in seconds. Fast, ruthless, accurate. <laughs> well, if there's three things the ladies love in a man, it's speed, ruthlessness and accuracy. He's probably describing his own bedroom techniques there. At least he won't get the wrong hole. Unless he means to. I hear he's quite accurate. If you sign up for a year of his Patreon, he claims you'll be one of only five students, as training newcomers takes a lot of time and effort from Mr. Ghost King. And you'll receive a full year of special training for real people's all-round female abilities. You can permanently unlock all hidden ditch female teaching video permissions. I'm not sure what ditch means in this context, and I don't even care. Get the private exclusive WhatsApp permission of the Ghost King. Also, you can chat to him on WhatsApp. Yay! I have no clue what the following sentence means. None. The top military division will answer all kinds of difficult and miscellaneous diseases of your ditch girl in real time. <laughs> You'd think miscellaneous diseases would not be a selling point in this context, but here we are. He also offers street day game actual combat demonstration top precious teaching materials and concept of women's art teaching. By combat demonstration, he means a practical demonstration on how to pick up women, because it's combat. And by concept of women's art teaching, I surmise he just sits dudes down on a coffee date at his favourite bakery cafe and explains to them that sometimes women teach art. His so-called training practices were first brought to public attention in 2019 when a Chinese TV show called Scoop did a report on him. They interviewed several guys who had paid for his courses. Each of them said that they were instructed by him to hound women on the street into telling them their phone numbers. Some of his previous students said his lessons were useless as all he did was teach them how to harass, stalk and molest women. Do we really need some dickweed teaching a course in that?
So many dumbasses are out there doing it without tuition. I guess they're self-taught. So as we know, Leslie's course involves street day game actual combat demonstration. That's when he takes handfuls of his students out on the street or to shopping centres and hypes them up to pester random women to give them their phone numbers. That's it. That's the lesson. It's hardly a sophisticated or groundbreaking technique. I feel like something got lost in translation and he's actually teaching men how to irritate rather than dominate women. A woman told the media that she worked in City Plaza, which is in the area Leslie liked to take his pupils, and she was regularly harassed and stalked by groups of them getting in her face and demanding her phone number. Give me your phone number. Give, me. Give, Give me, me your phone, phone number. number. Come on. Give me your phone number. Come on. Give me your phone number. Can I have your phone number? 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 Give it to me. Give me your phone number. Want to go out to dinner? You're paying. No, I won't hold your purse while you go to the bathroom. I'm a dominant man. I'm not going away until you give me your number. No, I'm not. I'm not going away ever till you give me your phone number. Give it to me. Fuck no. If they ever harassed me while filming, that would certainly be a combat video. Fortunately, I'm not in my teens or 20s, so I've aged out of the demographic he and his minions would be after. Also, I'm quite sure he'd never try it. My don't fuck with me force field grows stronger by the day. That's an awesome thing they don't tell you about getting older, because they can't make money off you feeling empowered from the inside. They just go, oh, you've probably got wrinkles now, better put some expensive shit on your face. Not... By the force of your bitch face, you can now control fuckwits. They never tell you that. If they tried to sell me a cream that helped reinforce my resting bitch face, I'd be into it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe I should start selling that. Reinforce your resting bitch face. Anyway, this dickweed is essentially preying on men by promising to teach them how to prey on women. That's layers of wrong. It's a veritable lasagna of wrong. The internet has known about Leslie's predatory bullshit for years, and there are several blogs with warning posts up about him being an abusive asshole to women. A blog called catchotome.com, among others, has posted pictures of him and listed the kind of shit that he gets up to. He regularly stalks and follows women, He often scolds female passers-by on the street for no reason and asks to exchange phone numbers. If the female passerby gives him her number to make him leave her alone, he will constantly harass her to go out with him. If she says no, he continuously calls her to insult her and cuss her out. And he has tons of different phone numbers, so when a woman blocks one of them, he'll just come at her from a different one. He also gets other men to call and intimidate the women on his behalf. What's the bet they're his students? This is a very important lesson. He repeatedly uses excuses to indecently assault women. Oh, whoops, grabbed your boob. It was an accident. And hugs and forcibly kisses those who turn him down. Rapey. These warnings on blogs note that he specifically targets women and they say female readers are advised to beware of him and don't give in to any of his requests in order to avoid harm. 
Many women have commented on these posts about their own horrible experiences at his hands, and they give updates on his never-ending list of phone numbers and pseudonyms. Surely some, if not all of that shit, has to be against the law, right? I mean, seriously. Oh, and randomly, the warning posts about him on blogs also say that he sells various products, such as iPhones, on online auction sites like Yahoo Auctions, but after the transaction is completed, he will only send empty boxes or devices with a smaller capacity. Well, that's hardly legal either. He's essentially making bank and offering absolutely nothing of value in return. He's actually offering detrimental things in return. The divisional commander of the Customs and Excise Department's unfair trade practice investigation said at a press conference that Leslie was recently arrested for aggressive commercial practices and misleading omissions. Notice he doesn't get arrested for harassing women or encouraging groups of men to harass them? Nah, you gotta just suck that up, bitch. We only care if he's costing men money. That's a real crime. Customs said that it had received information alleging Leslie had omitted important information regarding the sales of his training and consultation services. A university student in his 20s paid more than $4,000 US to join Leslie's woman-dominating course earlier this year. Then he met the guy face-to-face to teach him dating techniques while videoing him. He probably took him on a coffee date to that bakery cafe and told him never to hold a girl's purse for her. Later, Leslie demanded the victim then buy an additional image transformation service for $12,750 US. Otherwise, he would refuse to give him any more lessons. And wouldn't that be a devastating loss? The student said he didn't have the money, so Leslie actually blackmailed the guy by posting the videos he took of him online to embarrass him. The victim was scared that Leslie would also publish his identity and personal information, so he gave in and reluctantly paid him the extra $12,750. I can only imagine what his image transformation services would be. It's like, oh, you seem kind of cool. We've got to change that. (laughs) We've got to turn you into a weird pencil of a dude who looks like he's never seen a boob in his life unless he paid a fuck ton of money for it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just don't harass people. Combat. This is the first time that Chinese Customs has investigated the sale of dating technique training services through the direction of unfair trade practices. Groundbreaking. Although Leslie has been teaching his special brand of fuckery to naive dudes for several years, there's only been one guy he's duped that has spoken to the authorities about it. But the investigation is ongoing. Come on, Chinese Customs, shut that dickweed down. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladder Man versus Victoria Police is a video that's available on YouTube. It's actually audio only, and it's one of the most outrageous and bizarre police interviews of all time. And it's right up there with the succulent Chinese meal guy as being the stuff of Aussie legend. It's also shrouded in mystery. We don't even know Ladderman's full name. What we do know is that his first name was John, and this interview was recorded on February the 1st, 2002 at Northcote Police Station in Melbourne. John was a petty criminal who was arrested on this occasion for stealing a ladder at 1.30am that morning. He initially denied the charge and said that he was asleep in front of the TV. Then, I think just to shock the officers, he changed his alibi and claimed he was with a sex worker. Then, later he admitted to taking the ladder, but said that he had permission from the woman who lived at the property, who he also happened to want to fuck. John comes across as quite an asshole, and I wasn't sure that I was really into it at first, but pretty soon he has the cops cracking up, and he's just so incredibly wrong that it's almost right. He's also a huge fan of oversharing, much to the chagrin of the officers. They try to keep the interview on track as best they can, but he insists on going off on numerous ridiculous and sometimes pornographic tangents. He hates pretty much everybody, including his own mother, and his attitude to women is just plain gross. But he speaks in such an eccentric and theatrical way, it's hard not to be entertained. And you might just learn a little something about Bastille Day. I need to warn you that this clip contains lots of C-bombs and blasé references to murder and suicide. Let's have a listen. The total court interview between Senior Constable Javot and John the North Police Station on Friday the 1st of February 2002. Okay, uh, John, during the time now is 1.55pm. I do not have my glasses. I cannot see the face of the watch. I agree with nothing. I accept... I need my glasses. I don't have them. You took them off me. Did I accept what time you say it is. I can't see the face. You took my glasses away. Who took your glasses from you? That other evil drug. Are they out in your property? Yes. Can you get them? No, don't bother. I agree with you. Yes, the time is what you say it is. I'm pulling your chain. Don't waste your fucking time. Yes, I agree. I don't give a fuck what time it is. I don't give a fuck what year it is. I don't give a fuck what day it is. Okay. You got it? All right. You got it? Scumbag? Not you. You two nice guys. Okay. So, John, um... I didn't steal a the fucking cunt's ladder. The quicker we, um, the quicker we get this interview done with, the quicker you can go. Excellent. I'm starting. Can you stay? I need a drink. Please, sir. You're already stated. You're done, you, uh, I intend the interview in relation to a sec. Before continuing, I must inform you that you are not obliged to say or do anything, but anything you say... I'm intending to say a lot. Yes, I understand. Yes, I'm intelligent, highly educated, world-traveled, and when my mother dies, I can't deny I get two and a half million dollars, and I can't wait to fucking get it. But the cunt won't die. I'm not allowed to necker. I must also inform you of the following rights. Sure. You may communicate with or attempt to communicate with a friend or relative and inform that person of your will. No! 
I have no friends. You may communicate with or attempt to communicate with a legal practitioner. No. Do you understand these rules? Yes. I can't afford. Do you afford. wish to exercise any of these? No. Before the interview proceeds? Proceed. What is your age and date of birth? 62-14-7-19-39. The day the French Revolution started called Bastille Day. Interesting, isn't it? That's when the French fucking imbeciles and peasants rose up and killed everybody. They killed the government, the police, the army, and the rich. They murdered them, butchered them, <laughs> guillotined them, fucking gutted them, raped them, fucked them, burned them. John, yes. Can we get back to the interview? Yes, please. Are you an Australian citizen? Yes. Are you a permanent resident? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. The reason we're here, John, is about a uh, ladder that was stolen. Yes. 75 Fulham Road. Yes. That's one thirty this morning. What can you tell me about that? I have three ladders. I don't need any more. All right. The ladder that we spoke, you agree we spoke to you about uh, 1.30 today? I don't have a watch. And there was a ladder on top of you, uh, on top of a gold Yes, uh, yes. Whose car was that? Anthony's. I don't know his other name. Right, and he's a mate of yours, is he, or...? I don't have any mates, officer. Yeah, he's a young man who I assist because his father topped himself, gassed himself to death in the drive, and the kid found the body. Right. Apparently, I remind him of his father. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Um, that ladder, true that, story. where did that ladder come from? I picked it up in the carport. And which carport is that? Where you found me, the rear of 80 Farm Road, Alfin Con. Right, and have you seen that letter before? No, never. Right, and whose place is it at 80 Farm Road? I am told Suzanne Murphy owns the house. Her daughter lives there called Melanie. The mother doesn't live there. Right. I've met the mother three, five times, and I like the mother. She's very, very attractive, and she's 52 years of age, and if I get the chance, I'd love to fuck her. <laughs> By the way, I'd just as soon have fucked the daughter. So. All right. All right. That's why I'm there. John, just for the rest of the interview, could we just stick to the to what we're talking about? Well, you asked me a question, I gave you an honest answer. Okay. Why am I there for nothing? Because I'd want to fuck either Sheila or both of them at once, preferably. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, it's alleged. You're interested. Can I? Um, I'll just put the allegations to you. It's alleged that you took that ladder at approximately 1:30 this morning no. from no. 75 Fulham no. Road. What do you I say? Had, uh, no way. No. I was in my house watching television, fucking sound asleep. I was entertaining last night. I'm not a thief. Who was at the house? Was anyone at the house with you last night? That can yes. prove where you were? I picked her up in a hotel. I didn't ask her name. Oh. But I can find her again. You know, would she be able to corroborate that you were if there? If I can find her again. Oh. I gave her 60 bucks. When we were down I gave at, her some um, marijuana. I fucked her brains out. When we were down at uh, Mercer Road, where we where we so her panties are in my back pocket, which is in my property. Did you hear me? Her panties are in my back pocket. They're in my property bag. Okay. I kept her panties when I fucked her up this morning. Okay. Anything else? No, it's Okay. Uh, when we were down at uh, Mercer Road, the the actual owner of that letter has actually uh, identified you as the person she saw take it from the uh, from the front of the house. What do you say to that? The woman's lying. Okay. She looked like she'd be out in the street at 1.30 in the morning. Well, I didn't say she was out in the street. Well, how did she see me take the ladder? Bullshit. Now, um, so did, does Anthony have any idea whether, where the ladder was Anthony going? is just a fucking simple 21-year-old that's suffering from depression. The yeah. whole family... Did Anthony uh, steal the letter? Anthony's fucking home in bed. He's a fucking low-life loser. He no. can't get out of bed till fucking lunchtime. What's he going to steal? So let me just, where, was the, where did you find the ladder then? In the carport of the rear of 80. 
Okay. I was told to take away the rubbish and I could have anything in the backyard that I fancied. I want the fucking letter. I've got three. All right. I was going to give it away. And you may, you may receive a summons. Oh, charge me. Okay. Fucking excellent. I've got yeah. nothing to do. Waste the magistrate's time. He'll treat you like fucking imbeciles and fools, which he already knows. Can you just hold on for one second? I've got a couple of things to say before we go. Good, good, good. You're not obliged to say I'll do anything unless you wish to do so, but what do you oh, say? I've been recording yes, you. Yes, but... yes, wonderful. Do you understand? I've got a lot to say. Do you wish to say? Yes, <laughs> it's <getting> more tight. <laughs> That's not funny. No. I'm not a fucking thief. I'm a murderer. Okay. But um, the body's, uh... I ain't gonna tell you where the bodies are. Yep. And there's no policeman amongst them. Right. I mean, it's bad guys. You've had dealings with the Northcote Police? What does the Northcote Police Station look like? And I, is it red brick two stories? <laughs> you know, I, I think I've been oh, here right. before, but I can't remember. I was drunk at the time. Okay. Or stoned. Uh, well, you go to the time now is... Yes. 2.02. Yes. Two. yes. I'll give you 20 bucks for a watch. Gee, it's a wonder he doesn't have any friends, isn't it? (laughs) I love how the cops try to stay professional at first, but then they just sort of end up going with it and laughing at the ludicrousness of it all. And believe it or not, I actually edited out the most offensive bits. (laughs) I'll uh, upload that on my Patreon, though, if anyone wants to hear him just go sweary bananas. Now it's time for Legend of the Week. After banging on so much about dumb criminals, I'd like to highlight a hero, two-legged or otherwise, who went out of their way to help stop a crime. At around 2am on October 19th, 2020, single mother Wendy Reynolds heard a loud bang outside her window in Manchester, England. She looked outside and saw 25-year-old Dale Bailey and his 17-year-old little mate attempting to steal a neighbour's motorbike. Hoping to scare them away, Wendy shouted that she was going to call the police. Rather than putting them off their nefarious task, the two balaclava-clad bad guys kicked down Wendy's front door. Once inside, they demanded that she give them money. Wendy, who was in her 40s, was worried that they might harm her daughter, so she tried to stop them going through her flat. That's when the cowardly pair of fuckknuckles got violent. They punched Wendy, then Dale swung the machete towards her head several times. She put up her hand to protect her face, and it got sliced by the machete. The woman-beating burglars went through the rooms in Wendy's flat looking for things to steal, and she attempted to fight them off in every room. In a statement to the police, Wendy said, I ended up in the bedroom where I saw the machete on the bed. I tried to cover it with a duvet, but one of the men started to look for the machete, and I heard one of them say, We're not leaving here without it. Unsure how to save herself and her daughter from this terrifying home invasion, Wendy racked her brain for ideas and had a bit of a revelation. She grabbed Dale by his testicles and held onto them as tightly as she could to prevent him from getting to the machete. Wendy said, He was screaming for the other man to come and help him, and he shouted, Help! Help! Don't go without me! The other male came in the bedroom and he punched and kicked me, and due to the pain, I had to let go of the man's testicles. She added, I was traumatized and this will stay with me for the rest of my life. 
I feared for my daughter's safety and that's why I put up such a fight. I did not want her to get hurt. Her daughter was so terrified that she tried to leg it out of there through a window, but she lost her grip and fell onto the roof of a car below. Fortunately, she was okay. The two men took Wendy's Louis Vuitton handbag, a mobile phone and an iPad before fleeing the scene. They were arrested soon afterwards. Wendy was left with three fractures to her eye socket and one to her jaw. She also had to have stitches for a cut on her hand after being hit with the machete. Police tests showed that Dale had splatters of Wendy's blood on his hand, clothes and shoes. Officers also found him in possession of a blood-stained bag and the machete. Father of three, Dale, had been under supervision of parole officers at the time of the attack after being given a suspended sentence for burglary in 2019. Seriously, violent offenders always have kids. Show me a violent offender and nine times out of ten, they'll be somebody's daddy. Dale Bailey and his 17-year-old mate, who can't be named for legal reasons, appeared at Bolton Crown Court where they admitted aggravated burglary. Dale was jailed for eight years while the 17-year-old was sentenced to four and a half years. And for what? A handbag, a phone and an iPad? They badly injured Wendy and scared the bejesus out of her and her daughter, all for a few measly possessions they didn't even get to on-sell anyway. That's just so stupid and pointless, isn't it? In sentencing, Judge Tom Gilbert told the court, It should be observed Mrs. Reynolds acted with extraordinary bravery in trying to deal with two armed intruders who thought they were entitled to help themselves to the contents of her flat. This was a disgraceful incident and you should be appalled at what you did. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are short cases that sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In July 2008, 29-year-old electrician Stephen Thornley claimed that he'd been innocently walking down the street in Greater Manchester when he saw a transit van drive past. Apparently, moments later, he was grabbed from behind and bundled into the van by two masked men. He said he was driven a short distance, then the back doors were opened and one of the men splashed petrol at him from a can before setting him alight. Stephen suffered 40% burns to his body and legs and later made a £30,000 claim to the Criminal Injuries Compensation Board. Stephen stated that he could have been targeted by kidnappers because a relative owed money to drug dealers. If that were the case, wouldn't they have kidnapped and burnt the relative that owed them money instead? Or at least said to Stephen during the attack, Tell your Uncle Gary he better pay up! Or something to that effect? Hmm. The police originally believed Stephen's story, but the crime scene findings did not line up with what he'd told them. Stephen already had a substantial criminal record of 23 court appearances for 52 offences, including stealing and using cars for criminal purposes. 
The authorities soon realised he'd been telling them porky pies and had stolen the van himself, used it for a criminal endeavour and then torched it, accidentally setting himself alight in the process. Despite his defence lawyer arguing that Stephen had already suffered enough for his crimes, he ended up being sentenced to four and a half years in prison for arson, perverting the course of justice and fraud. In October this year, a 50-year-old American tourist was visiting the Vatican in Italy. He approached a staff member and demanded an impromptu audience with the Pope. Yep, he carried up hard and demanded to speak to the manager of the Catholic Church. I had assumed it was common knowledge that the Pope doesn't take pop-in visitors, but it wasn't to this guy. I'd love to know what he wanted to speak to the Pope about. Was the body of Christ a little dry? When his demand to speak to the Pope was denied, he had a tantrum and hurled a 2,000-year-old Roman statue to the floor. When he saw security approaching, the guy tried to scurry off, but slapstick ensued and he ended up knocking over another 2,000-year-old statue in the process. Security easily caught up with him and handed him over to the authorities. Fortunately, the statues are able to be repaired and they'll soon be back on display. Forty-two-year-old Justin Clee was pulled over by police in Highfields, Queensland in July last year. He tested positive for alcohol in a roadside breath test with a reading of 0.119. That's more than double the legal limit of 0.05 here in Australia. Justin later pleaded guilty to driving a motor vehicle while over the middle alcohol limit. He was fined $650 and disqualified from holding or obtaining a driver's license for seven months. However, the judge granted him a restricted work license, allowing him to drive 24 hours a day, seven days a week for his job. That's because Justin is a roadside random drug and alcohol tester who needed to be able to drive his booze bus to the testing sites. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a review. If you'd like to support this independent one-person podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes and ad-free episodes, and higher levels also receive some merchandise. Congratulations to the winner of my patron giveaway, Lorena Dowling. She's won a hardback copy of Michael Adams' brilliant and entertaining new true crime book, Hanging Ned Kelly. Congratulations, Lorena. Speaking of true crime books, I recently had the opportunity to read Confessions of a Prison Cook, A Fusion of Food and Crime by Philip Longo and Erica Sommerfeld. Philip worked as a banker in New York and was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for an illegal side gig he had going on. Once inside, he meets all manner of colourful characters and finds himself in some hilarious and precarious predicaments. With just a strong Italian sense of food learned through his family, he cons his way into what becomes a redemptive role as kitchen cook. 
Confessions of a Prison Cook also contains original tongue-in-cheek recipes to top off each chapter's ridiculous and intense shenanigans. It's available for many online stores, including Amazon. If you're up for more dumb criminals action in your life, you could follow me on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. Or you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast Facebook group. That's where you'll find me every day. And thanks to the witty and wonderful Lorraine Ledwell for running the group with me. Just a note on scheduling. (laughs) Again. I'm going to have to go back to releasing public episodes fortnightly, but I'll try to make them longer, like this one. Unfortunately, I don't have enough listeners or patrons yet to be podcasting full-time, so I also need to work a job that pays me in actual human money and not just magic beans. Much as I do love me some magic beans. Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo for the true crime and paranormal podcast PNW Haunts and Homicides. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Hey, creepy people. This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.